0: Greenside, the IGA podcast. Also, Mike McCoy, the 2013
1: U.S. Johnson, now a two-time major champion after becoming the winner of the 144th Open Championship.
0: Welcome to Greenside, the IGA podcast. Clint Brown here with you. Had a few events since we talked last. 56th Iowa Senior Women's Amateur at Indianola Country Club. Laura Lozinski, 78 70, good for a one shot win over Janice Schwarzkopf. That's Laura's second career senior women's amateur title and vaults her into first place in the Player of the Year standings. The Sani, we had the Sani last weekend, 72nd Herman Sani tournament presented by Coppola Enterprises. Zach Steffen wins it again at Hypo hosted by Hyperion Field Club. Rounds of 63-71-64 for a one-shot victory over Trip Kinney. Like I said, Zach's second Herman Sonny championship. He won it back in 2018 in a playoff, you might remember, over Brock Everett and J.D. Anderson. The 60th IGA Women's Club Team Championship was held on Monday over at Elmcrest Country Club in Cedar Rapids. Echo Valley was your team gross division champion, shooting a 214, good for a tie with Briarwood, but were able to win the tiebreaker via the USGA tiebreaking method. Uh, Leanne Smith led the way for Echo Valley, shooting 66, four under par, good for medalist honors in the gross division. Team Net, home course knowledge. Elmcrest Country Club, 205 net score, good for a one-shot victory over Echo Valley uh, in the individual net division. Joni Steenmets. A nice round of 65 net to win that. As I mentioned, uh, Zach Steffen, Hermansani champion, he'll be on our podcast here in a few minutes. But uh, before we get that, I want to recap the U.S. Senior Women's and U.S. Senior Amateur Qualifier held over at Stone Creek on Tuesday. On the men's side, Gary Ellis grabs the lone spot available qualifying, was able to get through a playoff with Jim Butler. Both individuals shot one under par rounds of 70. So Gary Ellis is your qualifier. Jim Butler, first alternate. And Ron Peterson, second alternate. On the women's side, U.S. Senior Women's Amateur qualifying, Laura Lashinsky again. We heard that name. She'll be on the podcast here in a few minutes. Four over par, 75, wins the medal and gains one of the two qualifying spots. Uh, Second one went to Shelly Liddick of Nebraska. She shot a round of 77, six over par. Uh, First alternate from that qualifier, Monica Coleman, 81, and Tina Jones, Round of 84 for second alternate at Stone Creek Golf Club in Williamsburg. Like I mentioned, Zach Steffen joined us on the podcast, and we were able to sit down and talk with him. Here's that interview. Okay, we got Zach Steffen with us today, recent winner of the 2021 Herman Sani Tournament. Zach, how are you this morning?
2: I'm doing great, Clint. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Hey, before we dive into the Sani, uh, why don't you let the listeners know uh, a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, So kind of born and raised here in Des Moines. Uh, I went to Lincoln High School, graduated there in 2010. Uh, I went to Indian Hills for my freshman year, helped the team win the national championship there. Then I got recruited by uh, Coach Tank at Iowa State, went and played at Iowa State for three years. Uh, After that, I turned pro and Tried playing out there, trying to qualify for, you know, the Corn Ferry Tour, um, did some mini-tour stuff, and then uh, last year kind of decided it was time for a little bit of a change, a little more stability, um, and now I'm currently the uh, director of golf over at Waveland Golf Course in Des Moines. I'm um, also giving lessons on the side and uh, playing a little bit of golf, too. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, like I said, thanks again for, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, talk to me kind of about your progression as a player, you know, high school, college, and, and now into the professional game. Can you, can you kind of reflect back on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, sure. You know, I kind of got a little bit of a slow start as far as competitive golf growing up. I was uh, really highly involved in baseball, traveling around doing that. Um, playing some basketball, too. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, Had a decent career uh, in high school and an okay college career, I would say. But I really started to take it more seriously after college and spending the, the needed time to get better and improve. I think just learning how to prioritize my time. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as practice goes and, and working on my weaknesses and, and understanding how to get better, I think. And now not having nearly as much time to practice. I think just having a better understanding of the golf swing specifically mm-hmm. and, and with my lessons, kind of seeing where other people get off and being able to help them has bled into my own game and has actually helped me quite a bit.
0: What, uh, what's your, what's a practice kind of look like for you? How much are you getting to practice? And when you are practicing, are you, are you out playing? Are you, are you going to the range working on stuff? What's that look like for you?
2: Yeah, I would say I practice probably a 10th of the time that I used to when I was playing full time. You know, if I get maybe, you know, two hours a week now to practice. Okay. uh, I'm doing well. Uh, So I would say when I know I have a tournament coming up, I'll have a little bit of a lighter schedule as far as lessons go. So I can, you know, hit balls maybe an hour, two or three times a week, you know, spend maybe a half hour chipping and putting just to make sure that that's in the right spot. Then I just like to go out and play because I think the main thing when you don't get to practice and play every day is the rust that comes from just playing. So if I can get out and play a couple rounds before a tournament, I feel like I get some of that competitive rust off and then I'm good to go for the tournament. So like I got out the Thursday before and played a practice round at Hyperion okay. uh, with a couple guys that also played Alec Barber and Gianni Chido and didn't play very well, but I think that was good enough for me to get some of that rust off and then yep. came out on Friday and started right away.
0: Kind of kind of good to know where, where things are at and where you you know you need to maybe kind of you know tinker a little bit and get things dialed in, huh?
2: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Well, congratulations on the Sonny victory. Uh, rounds of 63, 71, 64, one-shot victory over Trip Kinney. Uh I guess going into this, uh Zach, and I gotta mention you won it previously in 2018. I mean, would you would you say your, your expectations were pretty high coming in? Or like you said, you were kind of knocking off some rust. It was like, hey, let's just see what happens.
2: Yeah, honestly, it was it was more about um, not having any expectations. Okay. And I think that's kind of where my mindset has changed and having a little bit less pressure on myself now that I know that. You know, I'm not playing for my livelihood. You know, I have a stable full time job. So just going in and wanting to compete and, and enjoy it. And at a course that I love, um, I wasn't necessarily expecting to play as well as I did for sure. But um, after the first couple rounds and I got a little bit of work in on Saturday night, I really expected myself to play well on Sunday. And I was fortunate enough to do that.
0: So you got off to the hot start, like I said, sixty-three. What was it a matter of? Hey, I just gave myself a lot of chances and and made a lot of them. Were you hitting it close? I, I saw some of your round that first round, but I didn't see it all. What was what would would you say? Kind of looking back, was the key for that sixty-three?
2: Yeah, I mean the the Friday, I think uh, I hit it. I hit it pretty well. Um, I hit it in some spots where I got away with it. I mean. I made a couple of decent link putts to start off with and I birdied my first three holes. And then, um, I would say I just kind of kept it together. I hit a couple of shots into the trees, but I had alleyways to hit them up by the greens and I took advantage of that. Uh, I was able to actually drive number 18 green on Friday and had a 20 footer up the hill for Eagle, which always helps. Um, sure. but I would say that my, you know, I, I took advantage of the breaks that I got and I just putted, really, really well that first day.
0: Second round 71. And and you talked about kind of how it's hard to, you know, follow up that low. And I, and I just kind of want to get your thoughts about that. Is it, is it more of a mental thing where you're like that second round, you know, you're kind of thinking back, Hey, like I'm, you know, I'm four or five holes in and I, this is where I was yesterday. Or is it a matter of just like, just, it's just tough to do period. To, to follow up a low round. Cause you see that at all levels, you see somebody shoot a really good round and then maybe the the next round, maybe they're around even maybe, you know, one or two under T- talk to me about kind of what goes into that, I guess.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the the great mystery is why it's so difficult to follow up a, a great round with even just a solid one. And, right. you know, I, I knew going into it, it was going to be difficult. And I've been in that situation before. So I wasn't so much thinking, oh well, I made birdie here yesterday and I made par here today. Okay, that wasn't that wasn't really it. You know, I actually got off to a really good start and I was three under through my first five and had chances to finish off the back nine at four or five under again. Uh, But I just kind of lost the feeling of my swing a little bit, um, particularly on my second nine holes, and I was hitting some some really wayward shots that got me into the trees and I wasn't able to get as lucky a breaks as i did on the friday and i think i did a really good job just staying in the moment and trying to grind and finish the round out under par to give myself a chance on sunday Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so i think it was just more about just losing the the feeling of my swing more so than it was thinking about how do i follow up a great round with a solid round
0: So for someone like you, when you're kind of, you know, consciously knowing like, Hey, my swing, something's, you know, I've kind of, kind of lost a little something or something's a little off, or are you one that like after the round, like you want to go see what your swings looking like, or are you, what, what, what's that look like post round when you're kind of like, Hey, I need to, you know, tighten up some things, I guess.
2: Yeah, I would say that's kind of where I've progressed, um, maturity wise. And just in my own game is not being afraid to go get it on video and, and see, where it is because it definitely felt off Mm -hmm. um and so i actually had to go into work at waveland that night okay and i it was a little bit of a slow night and we have a simulator down in the basement so i took one of my cart staff down there and had him get a couple swings on video for me and i immediately could see i was getting a little bit steep which was just throwing off the the timing of my swing and made a small little adjustment and came out on Sunday and that was by far the best my swing had felt all weekend. And it definitely showed in the shots that I was hitting.
0: Well, you, you answered my next question. I, I, I was curious if it was something like right away that you noticed and you're like, Oh, well there, there we go.
2: Yeah, it, it is. And I think that's, you know, seeing so many golf swings and seeing them in slow motion and so many videos that I've taken over the last year and a half, that's, part of the progression of my understanding of the golf swing is just being able to identify what it is Mm -hmm. right away. You know, it's, it's hard to feel it out there. You know, you know that something's wrong and you kind of have an idea, but you're not really sure what it is exactly. And it's hard to change something mid round to correct it. Um, But definitely afterwards being able to identify what it is and then make that change, with a few swings and then warm up on the range, feeling, feeling that change uh, was a huge thing for me.
0: And probably having that confidence that, you know, making that change, you're like, Hey, okay, I got it back, got it back where I need to be.
2: Yeah, definitely. It gave me a ton of confidence. I mean, honestly, I was talking to my dad and talking to my caddy chase the night before, after I had made that change. And I said, it's, it's on tomorrow. It's going to be a good day. You know, we're definitely going to have a chance. Uh, the way that that swing feels now, the way that I'm putting it, we're going to have a chance to win. Just got to go out there and execute.
0: Did you have a, a number
2: in mind for Sunday? No, honestly, I didn't. Thought I, maybe You had
0: to get to, or maybe you you know, you know, thought you needed.
2: No, I just, you know, I wanted to put some pressure on Andrew early on knowing that he had a two shot lead on me uh, and see kind of how he reacted to that and, you know i got off to a a good start and i took a look um coming off the seventh green i was three under i took a look at the leaderboard and i saw that uh trip and i think trent as well were both at at 13 under through his seven holes so i and at that point i knew okay we can't just keep making pars you know we have to go we got to keep making birdies so that was um that was definitely something that I was aware of that those guys are playing great. And I just wanted to make as many birdies as I could.
0: I was just going to say there, but mid round Sunday, I, you know, I was kind of watching the leaderboard and it was, I mean, it was a packed leaderboard and, and a lot of guys were, were right in there, weren't they?
2: They were, I mean, you knew, you know, Connor Peck was making a heck of a charge on Sunday. I saw that and there were three or four guys that were within one or two shots and you get to the last four holes out there and, you saw what uh, Jeff Swagel did the year mm-hmm. before, making exactly. eagle, birdie, birdie. You just never know, so you just have to keep keep the pedal down and and try and make as many birdies as you can because it's it's a great scoring stretch right there to finish.
0: Are you the type of player that likes to kind of keep an eye on a leaderboard, or are you, are you more just kind of checking it periodically, kind of as you, as you go?
2: You know, I do like to know where I'm at. That doesn't freak me out or anything. I think it really helped me on Sunday being able to see it after that seventh hole and know, okay, you might be feeling a little bit of nerves here, but you, you can't stop. You got to keep making birdies. You can't just, you know, hit it in the middle of the green to make par because that's not going to get it done today. So I do, you know, I don't need necessarily need to see it after every hole, but I definitely wanted to check it. Um, coming up to certain holes to see do I need to be aggressive off the tee here or can I play for a position and hit a wedge shot in?
0: Like I mentioned, uh, you've won two Sonnies, both at Hyperion. What uh, what maybe is it about Hyperion that uh, has worked for you and, and, and brought some success?
2: Yeah, I think the, the main thing is I love the greens out there. You know, I know a lot of people struggle with – Um, how they break, you know, even if it looks like the green is built up a certain way, it still wants to kind of break down the hill to the bottom of the course. And I've played enough out there, I guess, that I understand the break and and seeing the reads. It just seemed like from from the get-go, you know, I could sit behind the ball reading the putt and kind of see the break and see the line. And that just gives me a whole lot of confidence because I, I know that I can roll it on my line. It's just match that read with the speed and you got something.
0: You mentioned growing up in Des Moines, what are maybe some of your early memories of, of the Sonny either as as growing up or maybe your first, you know, first few times you played in the Sonny, anything that, that sticks out for, uh, in your memory about those?
2: Well, I do remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the very first time I played in the Sony. I was standing up there on that first tee and I hit two balls over the fence to the right ended up maybe being one of the only two or three people that missed the cut that year. And so my, my first experience of it wasn't great. Uh, It's definitely gotten a lot better. I know it was my pro debut was at the Sony back in um, the fall of 2014. So that was fun, you know. I, that it wasn't as as good of a tournament as I've had in the past, um, but I just take a lot of great memories from from playing some really good golf here, and I just really enjoy the course. and uh, It's been a, been a great experience for me playing there.
0: Well, and you mentioned you you enjoy the greens and I would say a, a successful, you know, champion at, at Hyperion is going to have to either figure out and, or love the greens. So that's, I, I would say that's a, that's a key for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, I think that's probably the trickiest part about it. It's, it's tree lined, which I grew up playing on tree line courses. So I think I find comfort off the tee there too. And I've, I, I've definitely found some length in the last couple of years where, I was able to drive, you know, four or five greens out there and that, that helps. But I think the main thing for me, is just the comfort that I feel on the greens out there. And hopefully I can keep going back and hopefully the Sonic continues to be played at Hyperion and see if I can get a few more titles out there.
0: (laughs) There you go. Kind of circling back, uh, you say you, you work at, at Waveland giving lessons. Talk to me about just kind of, what do you enjoy most about, you know, giving lessons and, and helping people get better.
2: Yeah. I know that, you know, when I was playing, people would ask me, do you ever feel like you're going to teach? And my answer is always kind of like, I don't know. I don't know that I really want to do that yet. I was still trying to play and I ended up um, giving it a shot last year after starting at Waveland and the, you know, the excitement and the joy that, I see people get from hitting a shot that they've never hit before or hitting one in the center of the face that actually has brought me more excitement than even playing and winning in tournaments sometimes, you know? So I think my mom was a teacher. Um, I don't know if that kind of bled into me, maybe being able to help people and find that enjoyable as well. But it's, it's just been a real treat for me to, to see the progression in people's games and see the impact that I can have on not only just, you know, on my own game, but on a, all these other people that I've been able to help and, and really bring in some enjoyment to their games as well.
0: What would you say is maybe a couple things of, of somebody that's, you know, either maybe plays a little bit of golf and wants to get better or maybe somebody that's just picking up the game? What, what kind of things would you, would you tell that person?
2: I, I would say that, you know, manage your expectations. It, it's a it's a very difficult game, and you know you see people on TV playing it, and well, most of the time they're just showing the best shots. But the best players in the world hit bad shots, so that's going to happen. I think you just have to be patient with yourself, and if you're if you're trying to get better, that's that's really the 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 key is just be patient don't be so hard on yourself, enjoy the game. And you will find that when your mindset is just to have fun and get a little bit better, then things will happen for you and you'll see some, some progression in your game that way.
0: I think that's really good advice, Zach. Uh, Well, congratulations again on your, uh, your second career, Sonny. And, uh, thanks again for coming on the podcast.
2: Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Laura Luzinski, as I mentioned,
0: 56th Iowa Senior Women's Amateur Champion and qualifier into the U.S. Senior Women's Amateur. She joined the podcast. Here's that conversation. Okay, I want to welcome Laura Wozinski to the podcast, fresh off the championship at the 56th Iowa Senior Women's Amateur and qualifying for the U.S. <laughs> Senior Women's Amateur. Laura, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you, Clint. Glad to be here.
0: Well, but before we dive into kind of your last week or so of golf, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the listeners?
1: Well, thank you. I'm Laura Lisinski. I'm um, uh, an avid golfer that hangs out at Indianola Country Club, and uh, I have my clubs in my car. So if you call me at any time, I'm, I'm ready to play.
0: Have clubs, we'll golf, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you live in St. Mary's, correct? I do what um, going into the 56th Iowa senior women's amateur at Indian Oil club, country club, your, your home club. What, what were your expectations? Cause I know sometimes it's harder playing at a course that you play at all the time.
1: Oh man. The, the pressure that I was putting on myself was tremendous going into this. Um, my mindset was, you know, you have to play well. This is your course. You shot well there before. Um, you know, the, you've got 90 people asking you and, and rooting for you and making sure that they know that you're, you're being thought of. Um, so yes, expectations were very, very high. And my thought was of if I couldn't win there, then I, I probably wasn't going to win the, the senior am anywhere else. Um, so to show up and, and, and really take hold of the, of the golf course. That that was my thinking. That that this was this was the day, or the two days, actually.
0: So you opened with with seventy eight in the in the first round. I know a <laughs> round that you you probably just yeah, I wanted to just forget about. But did you still feel like, hey, I can go out tomorrow? And and you, I mean, you still felt you like you're in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I did. I I was not happy with with the round. I had a couple. Just, you know, the odd shots here and there, and all of a sudden you've got a double bogey and you had a good crazy bogey, and they're all crazy, silly shots that that I don't normally have, you know, where I blow through a fairway or I hit it over a green, it, things that I don't normally do. I think the adrenaline was running high. I was a bit distracted with, um, with, with a lot of things uh, happening, uh, but it was... You know, it's it, it just one of those things I just need to keep my mind on it for the day. When I finished, I was disappointed with my 78, certainly not where my normal scores are. But I knew that there was another day and that this field could change. You know, there's some people that played exceptionally well. Um, and you know, I was kind of wondering if they're going to play exceptionally well for two days in a row. So um, I was going to play mediocre and hopefully exceptional for the second day. And uh, thank goodness the exceptional Laura showed
0: up on day two second round 70. Um, did you feel like you needed to go out and be aggressive from the start that second day, or is it a matter of, Hey, let's just make some pars and kind of see, what, you know, give yourself some chances, but you know, not, you know, just keep, keep, keep grinding, I guess.
1: You know, Clint, that's a very funny question, whether I'm going to be aggressive or not. And, and you, you know, me over the years, I think everything I do is aggressive. Yes.
2: yes. So, you
1: know, <laughs> how I approach my round of golf, I think, whether it's from league to practice it's, it's all aggressive. So it, it, I definitely knew I needed to go after it and it's not even just to beat the field, but it's just to beat me, you know, I, I that I wanted to do better than I did the day before and really proved to myself that I could do this. So yeah, it started out of the box. Um, you know, that day one, I, I hooked it into the, the woods on the left. I can't even tell you, I think it's been maybe four years since I've hooked it in the left and, you know, day two, I blew it right down the middle and, and showed up. So it was, there's a much better round on day two, that's for sure.
0: Well, and as we both know, playing Indianola Country Club a lot, those first four or five holes are kind of holes you want to just kind of get through, kind of unscathed. You know, give yourself some chances, but <laughs> you know, try and get to you know about five or six, and and then uh, you kind of try and get after it a little bit. Yeah, that number number
1: two doesn't. You can get into trouble, and number three definitely does not play into my game at right. all. Where
0: right.
1: you know I can't use a driver. So I I literally use my hybrid six, my hybrid six and my hybrid six for the hole. It's it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird hole. And, you know, if I do something right, I might be able to mix it up in there and put a six iron in there somewhere. But yeah, it's not, not my favorite hole out there, but man, it's, it's definitely one that'll bite you in the backside if you're not paying
0: attention. Um, what, what's your, when you're practicing, are you, are you more of one that you like to hit balls? Do you like to just go out and play and practice? And, and I know you're busy with your career and you can kind of explain to the listeners what you do, but what what's a practice regime look like for you, Laura?
1: Well, I, um, I, I would like to say that I really, really practice. I, I, I don't. Um, I go out and play and I will throw down multiple balls. So it'll be, I'll have a round or I might go out late in the evening and I'll practice on the golf course for me hitting on the, on the driving range doesn't simulate any lie that I ever have on the golf course. You know, it's wonderful. that it's a nice level driving range, but, or any driving range it tends to be level, but I, those kind of shots don't do anything for me. So I mean, I've, I've been practicing, um, from hundred yards and in, and I need to practice from the rough. I need to practice from the bunkers. You know, that's where I tend to, to improve my scores from hundred yards and in and so I like to do it out on the golf course. I like to do it late in the evenings or super early in the morning. And, um, uh, and, yeah, and so I'm, I'm, you know, a mom of two kids and, an uh, IT sales career. So I'm on the road and, and selling. So it's, it's always crazy. But so yeah, just getting out at, in the evening is, is really the best way for me to practice and do it live. Not, not the driving range. I'll use the driving range to warm up, stretch out, but it's really not my practice area.
0: Where and how did you get your start in golf? Do you you kind of remember where that all started for you?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I thought golf was a crazy game. I thought, why would old people want to walk around in a park (laughs) and fill clothes and, you know, and chase a white ball? It made no sense to me whatsoever growing up. My parents played, my brother played. Uh, They tried to get me to play over and over and over again. And I just, I, I was a softball, volleyball, tennis player, always team sports, never an individual I'm really glad I didn't try it when I was younger because I didn't really have the mindset. Um, I was I needed the team, I needed the atmosphere of of a team. And then I got hurt playing softball in college, and my dad said, "Come meet me for lunch at the club, and we'll you know if you want to play golf, you can play golf." And I went out and shot a million on the front side, and turned to the back and shot you know a million and a half on the back. And I'm coming down 18. I look at my dad and I said, "Dad, I wanna I wanna do this. I wanna play." So he was "Okay, well." you're not going to play like your mom. You're going to take lessons. And I'm like from the golf pro. And he's like, yep. I'm like, I'm all in. He was wonderful and nice and charming and loved the game. And you could tell um, how much you loved the game. And I said, this is, this is what I want to, I want to do this sport now. And I've been into it and loved it and um, you know, played a lot. And then I started the family and whew, there goes my game. Um, mm-hmm. Game went out the window, kids focus. And then just in the last, you know, seven or eight years have I really gotten back into the game. So it's been, it's been wonderful. And Iowa has been a wonderful place to play. There's a lot of good competition where I've always lived before. There's been no places to play, no events um, to kind of get into very little golf. So this has been, this has been wonderful for me to kind of refine my game again. In the last eight years.
0: Well, I would say your one of your strengths to your game is your distance. Is that something that's always kind of been there for you? <laughs> I get maybe as a softball player, or is that something that you've kind of developed where you've been able to, you know, take advantage of that, that distance off the team? You know,
1: I, you know, I, have always played with, with the guys. So I, I always felt like I hit it shorter. And then just recently when I started playing with more women, um, I realized that I, I don't hit it all that short <laughs> and, uh, and I always played, you know, further back on the tees mm-hmm. and now playing, um, you know, in the senior, quote unquote, senior league, we're, we're playing a little bit more forward up. And so I, I do, I do find my drives going out there quite a ways. And it, it does seem to be an advantage. I mean, I'm, I'm on average, you know, 20 to 50 yards further than the other women that I'm playing with. So I think it does help.
0: Well, fast forward to uh, Tuesday, Stone Creek uh, golf club, U S senior women's amateur, uh, shot a nice 75, four over par. Um, were you, were you kind of riding that high, you know, confidence from the senior amateur into that, into that qualifier, would you say? You know, I, I've had a a couple of good weeks of, of golf.
1: You know, I, I think it kind of started in Dubuque, um, Mm -hmm. before that. And then, uh, you know, some, Again, kind of the I feel like Jordan Spieth. I have the rough start, and then I find my way along the way. There
0: you
1: go. Uh, you know, with better finishes. So you know, day one is kind of you know rough, and then day two is is better, or the front nine to the back nine is there. So you know that that momentum kind of started in Dubuque, and then went through the the Senior Am definitely, and then I was uh, fortunate enough to pre schedule a, a wonderful trip out to Eagle Ridge with my family to go play golf. So I had another three days of good golf out there, and uh, took. Um, I was going to take Monday off, and then I couldn't stand it any longer. I jumped in the car and drove out uh, Monday afternoon, and, and ended up getting another nine holes in before the the qualifier out at uh, Stone Creek, and that really I think helped me. So I've been I have been playing a lot of golf. I'm in you know I think decent golf shape. I've got a brand new knee so as of October. So I'm playing with a a total knee replacement. And that is the, the, I think that has really helped my, my game too, where in years, in other seasons, my, my literally my, my knee is shot by this time of year that I'm playing so much golf. So my knee feels great and my swing is feeling pretty good.
0: I don't think I mentioned your, your 75 was good for, for medalist. Uh, One of the two qualifiers, Shelly Littick was also uh, the other qualifier. I believe she's from Nebraska. Um, And you mentioned this, uh, you know, after your round, just how, how nice it is to be healthy and, and you can swing and your swing feels good. Um, can you just kind of elaborate on that? Just having that confidence where you, you feel good.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I've, I've had knee problems. Oh, probably for the past 10 years. Um, yeah, I, again, my softball career, I think kind of creeping up on me and a couple tough winters in Iowa where I made some slip and falls, uh, were tough on, on my left knee, and uh, that knee replacement in October was huge for my game. I mean, it, it it took a little while for me to figure out how to re-swing this, this spring. Um, I took some lessons um, from Jason Knutson, and that that kind of helped me find my balance again and, and get my legs where they needed to be and and working on my short game and, and posture. I mean, I, it, basic fundamentals of something different because I, I'd been favoring one leg versus the other and, um, and healthy wise, I've, you know, knock on wood, I've escaped COVID, uh, where a lot of other, uh, some of the other ladies have not escaped COVID. I've, I've been healthy through all of the craziness in the world. So yeah, I, I'm trying to do everything I can to get in better shape. And with my new leg, it's really been helpful. And it's, it's, my swing's feeling wonderful for the first time in, in a very long time.
0: Well, I know you mentioned you weren't going to get ahead of yourself on Tuesday. weren't going to look at scores. Did, <laughs> did you have a sense maybe, I don't know, after nine, maybe, did you have a sense of kind of where you were or was it a matter of like, you know, you had no idea till you finished?
1: Okay. That blasted scoring is going to be the death of me. <laughs> I've got to take my phone and put it in my golf bag so I cannot see it. Okay. Uh, both on Indianola and, and yesterday, I started off looking at the scores. So on day one in Indianola for the, for the senior event, I looked at the scores all day long. That hurt me. Okay. Um, day two, I put it away and didn't look at it, and that's what I needed. Uh, yesterday, I started looking at the holes, and by hole six, I'm like, well, after after two holes, I'm thinking, oh, you crazy woman. You've got your double bogeys, and you're looking at the scoreboard. What are you What are you going to accomplish? And by hole six, I said, just put the scoreboard away. I mean, what, what are you looking at it for? Are you going to try harder by looking at it? So I put it away. And unfortunately uh, I was playing with two ladies that I, I know and, and adore and Carol Dethro kept score for us. So I wasn't looking at the electronic scoreboard at all. And she didn't tell me what was going on. So I was just grinding it out as much as I could and coming down um, 18 after I made my putt, they both looked at me and said, you you just won this overall. And I couldn't believe it. It was pretty awesome.
0: Well, that was that was going to be my follow-up question. Once you know scores came in and and you kind of see where you were. I mean, probably just overcome with emotions, safe to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am right now. It's, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. I've been working hard and this has been on my bucket list for uh, many, many years. Well, actually, I am. I, I made it to my bucket list. It was a very, very emotional. And, and the women that I played with just made it all, all the more wonderful Marjorie Grady and, and Carol Deathrow row just were, were fabulous. And they, they played and, uh, You know they weren't playing their absolute best, and but they were definitely rooting me on uh, through there. And again, I wasn't seeing the scores, so they they knew where I stood, and and were very supportive on me in the last four or five holes.
0: Well, and I I think we've talked about this how on the course, you know, all the ladies want to want to beat each other, but you know they're still always there for each other, and and there's a good there's a good I feel family aspect to the to that ladies group out there, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is, you know, they, they are very, very competitive. They, they will grind it out to the nth degree. Um, But afterwards they, I look forward to sitting down and having, you know, lunch or drinks with them and, and meeting up with them and definitely socializing with them. They're, they're great ladies and they look out for one another and the group is growing, which is wonderful. Um, But yeah, they are, they're a special group of ladies. That's for sure. With a common bond of the love of golf.
0: Right. Um, you mentioned you got off to a little rocky start, but, uh, the last 16 <laughs> holes were, were, were pretty special. wasn't a matter of just like a deep breath and like, Hey, I still got lots of holes left.
1: No, I mean, my first two holes were, I mean, they were good double bogeys. Okay. <laughs> okay. My first drive was it was in a hole. And so I tried, I tried to knock it out of the hole and then it was a long par five. I don't know what you guys are trying to do to us on that first <laughs> hole, but it was super long. And then, so then, then there's two huge bunkers in front. And so I, I had to try to hit it over those. And it, so it was a really good double bogey. Okay. And then the so, second so we, hole, so yeah, a, start <laughs>
0: yeah, let me, let me rephrase that.
1: <laughs> it was, yeah. So it was, I didn't think there was, were there any birdies on that first hole. I think the whole field either bogeyed or, or double bogeyed at oh. least that, that first hole. And then the second one, I, that probably was not a very good double bogey. It should have been a, just a good bogey, but I hit it in the bunker and, didn't get up and down um but i proceeded to get it out of the bunker and thank god it hit the bridge across the other it was comical um so it was kind of funny and then i kind of said to myself out loud and to the other ladies we need to get our act together this is not life or death and uh and we're here to have fun and play well and then we started playing well after that so i missed a birdie putt on three um just just lift out and I thought, okay, you can do this. That was a good par, and then proceeded to start playing. After
0: that, well, you mentioned that you know this was you know qualifying for USG events on your bucket list. What, uh, you know, what are you looking forward to? Is it is it a matter of just getting down there and just seeing what seeing what you can do?
1: <laughs> well, I feel like I need to call Gene Elliott and ask him what do I need to do. I don't know what to even expect. I don't know what to, I don't even know what to know. Um, I've got a whole list of questions of what what should be happening. I'm so, so looking forward to it. But the format is two days of stroke play first Mm -hmm. and then um, match play after that. I'm not a big match play player, so I'll be practicing match play, um, you know, for the next few weeks. So that'll that will help me. Uh, But that's a different mindset for me to shift from stroke play over to match play. I I get in my head and sure. And uh, again, because I'm generally looking at the scores Mm -hmm. and
0: that doesn't that's not my. Not my
1: thing i need to, i need to go over that
0: well laura we will uh, definitely be watching you're gonna be heading down to alabama for the for the championship uh we'll definitely be watching from afar and uh and wishing you good luck and hopefully you can make a make a run uh thanks again for for coming on to the podcast and congratulations
1: thanks clint look forward to representing iowa